Hey family, this is David Mahan, Policy Director here at CCV. This is what's coming up on this episode of The Narrative. That I think a lot of times, you know, uh, I think a lot of Christians, uh, we, we love the, 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 the Jesus flipping the tables. Yeah. Um, but we're missing why he was flipping the tables. <laughs> and I, 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 like, I just want to ask sometimes, is this issue table flipping worthy? Right. Um, and not every John Gruden saying something really racist and not being allowed to make multi millions of dollars anymore on top of the millions of dollars he's already made coaching an NFL football team is not table flipping worthy for us, you know. Um, and 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 it it, it creates um, it, it harms our bigger cause. Always honest, often blunt, and never afraid. This is the narrative. I'm Center for Christian Virtue President Aaron Bear here with my co-host David Mahan. Uh, we are going to be wrapping up this volume uh, on Marxism here. I'll tell you um, when we uh, decided to to go down this path. This was this was one uh, that I'd been really wanting to dive into because of some things I'd been reading, and and we've had some really unbelievable guests um, over this volume. Uh, and I'll say we were we were actually hoping we were thinking about doing one more episode with another guest, um, but we've had such a especially these last uh, last few speakers we've had have done such a great job of of really uh, bringing into focus the scope of Marxism, which is which is what we wanted to do. Really, when when we decided to do this conversation on Marxism, that was my heart was I, I wanted to wanted to make the scope of Marxism real uh, to your average uh, average person, especially your average churchgoer. Um, because so often when we're talking about things like communism or Marxism or socialism, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, it, it, it feels it feels either something really abstract or really intellectual, um, but it doesn't really connect with the day to day. Uh, and I, I've, you know, I'm just grateful for uh, the guests that we've had on this uh, in this volume uh, that have really helped bring into full picture why so many people are are so concerned about things like communism. Uh, and so we we've decided, look, we 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 don't want to make content for the sake of content. We've decided we want to make sure we're we're bringing good things here to you. And and we felt like this is the the right time for us to wrap this volume. Uh, so want to bring in our, my my co-host here, David Mahan, our policy director. Uh, David, you know, just uh, initial thoughts, you know, uh, about when we came into this volume and and where we are today. Yeah, uh, in a word, fascinating. I, I just um, I got a lot out of um, all of them. Um, Gonzalez, you know, just talking about yeah. uh, Mike Gonzalez, just talking about what socialism looked like, you know, in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You know, as we as we listen to so many of these guys, brilliant guys, Carl Truman, you know, talking about, um, you know, just, uh, you know, his book, The Rise of the Modern Self. And then Kangor, you know, and the devil and, and Karl Marx talking about some of, you know, kind of the spiritual slash demonic slash rebellious uh, undertones, underpinnings of, of Karl Marx. Absolutely um, fascinating. What it left me with, though, Aaron, is that. You know, as I read even Truman's book and and I'm looking at how Rousseau grew up and and his relationship with his father or the lack thereof and kind of his laissez faire, you know, and then, you know, how Marx grew up. You know, we can we can intellectualize all of this stuff uh, amongst 35 to 50, 60 year olds and, and we just keep going down this slippery slope. 
Um, but even with these men that were studying, you know, Freud, you know, Marx, Rousseau, all these guys, you know, to find out really what made them tick, we had to look at how they grew up. And, and I feel like it just it just left me thinking as somebody who's been working with kids for 20 some years, we have to do a better job of discipling the next generation on biblical worldview, you know, because they are receiving the worldview of so many different twisted men. Um, you know, through public education, through, unfortunately, through churches that just don't know better, uh, through pop culture, entertainment, um, and, and parents have no idea that these worldviews are, are getting pumped in there and, uh, and the effects that it's having. And uh, it just kind of left me like, wow, you know, we, we've got to do a better job with the next generation. Yeah, you know, I, th I think the Truman conversation and the Truman book in particular is, uh, is one that that really kind of connects all the pieces. You know, I, I remember saying this too about uh, Rod Dreher's book, Live Not By Lies, but you, you, you kind of see the, um, when, when you really start to understand the, the scope of, of communism, of, of Marxism, and you read the history of these folks, you start seeing all these pieces in the modern world click together that, that seem like they don't have anything to do with each other. Right. You know, you know, why is it at the same time we see, um, you know, transgender ideology raging. We see the critical race theory things going on, and we see, uh, you know, a lot of this, uh, the 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 conversations around um, uh, around environmentalism and all, all these different things ha happening all in in culture at once that seem kind of sporadic but seem radical. The the defund the police uh, movement, all, all right. of these different things, and when you when you really, I think what Mark what what, what um, uh, Truman did really well in his book, um, but also that that gets connected in you know what what uh, Mike Gonzalez talked about and what what Arthur Millick talked about in terms of when you're seeing communism in effect in actual countries is you see the totality of how these things all connect. And to your point, David, about about children and and about not just children, but how all of these sort of early communist thinkers. Um, what 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 they all had in common, and and this was the thing I think you know for me when I think about what really what am I going to take away most uh, from this when I think about communism is that as much as communism is a is a worldview unto itself, it's really it's really an anti worldview. You know what I mean? It's it is it's it's taking. Uh, taking what is in natural law, what we would understand in God's created order. I love, I love. Uh, my wife uh, said this yesterday on, a, on an interview that she was doing with with the Colson Center for Christian Worldview. The, you know, a biblical worldview. Um, all, all a biblical worldview is is seeing the world as it truly is. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it, it's it's not necessarily this thing that is. Um, you know, having broad theology and all that. It's just, it's just God created the world and it's seeing the world through his defined truth. Right. Uh, and what so much of what communism is when you read who Marx was, when you read about Nietzsche and you read about, uh, you mentioned Rousseau you, or, or, or some of these other uh, broad, uh, really communist influence. And you see who these people are today that are pushing for communism. They just, the, the, these communist ideals, they just want to break the status quo. They don't really have anything they want to replace it with. You know, they want to defund the police and and close the prisons, but there's no answer to what do we do with people who do wrong then, right? Yeah. Uh, they want to, 
uh, they want to be feminists, but they also say anybody's a woman. So there's no real, they have no answer for how do we protect women who are vulnerable. Right. Um, and, and that's the thing is I'm, as I think about communism from here, it, it's really, um, in some ways it's a really complicated ideology and other ways it's, it, it, it feels a little bit childish. And you mentioned these yeah. people come out of kids of just whatever you're for, I'm against, and I want to tear it down, you know? Right. And that, that's the point that I'm, I'm trying to get at. Just to give you an example, um, you know, Ruth Edmonds, um, you know, here at CCV, she sent me, um, um, you know, something to look at, to read. And, 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 I, and I, just looking at the title, the headline, um, in my spirit, I felt division. Like, like I've read so much of it. It wasn't like, oh, this is divisive. I get that. But the Lord spoke to me through the Holy Spirit. Division. That's what this is. You know, we, we, we can break down all the worldviews and, and everything, but I think the simplicity of it is we're going to pit one group of people over the next group of people. And when we do so, we cut off certain voices that are so necessary for the, for the proper development of children. And, and, and our and mindsets are formed. It brings me to, to John chapter 8, where Jesus is talking, um, you know, to folks. And he says, why can't you hear my words? You know, we, we all seem to be children of Abraham, but yet, you know, I, I went before the father. He gave me, you know, what to speak to you, but yet you want to kill me because you are of your father, the devil. When he's talking about of your father, he's not just talking about, you know, being born of the devil. He's talking about who speaks into your life, who's the one that shapes your worldview, your perception, you know, the lens through which you see the world, who's shaping that on a daily basis. These are very simplistic concepts. You know, it's who's ever speaking and getting into your ear gates, your eye gates, they are shaping how you see everything and what you are able to either receive or not receive. So listening to this series has has just, you know, raised an awareness in me and a heightened need to, to speak to young people. You got me down here at the state house working with these old folks all day. And, uh, but last week I had a, a, such a blessed opportunity, two nights to be able to speak to young adults. And, uh, man, that meant so much to me. Um, especially after this series, yeah, yeah, to be able to answer some questions and refocus them and give them answers to why things are the way they are. Well, and, and David, I want to go down a, a wide rabbit trail here with you real quick uh, you said division and I, I thought about this I was thinking about you just the other night um, and no I know that's a dangerous <laughs> thing um, and, and and because I, th- I think you're right I think you know you look at um, you look at what the the the, the modern uh, sort of communist movement or just it's not I wouldn't say most people I think today especially on the left that are pushing uh, that are enough don't realize they're pushing communist right. ideals. They're, right. they're they're not like well groomed, informed folks. They, they've just it, it's the water they've swim in. You you've come up through the university system. You know again, it's it's what we always talk about. Why it's so. It's uh, I still love what Ian Rose said in our previous volume about critical race theory. It's shadow boxing. The the minute you think you're grabbing onto something or you're hitting something, they're saying, "Oh, that's not critical race theory." That's right. Folks don't realize what they're doing when they're doing it. Um, but I I think uh, you know one of the 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 big things about what the, the modern communist ideology in America does is it divides, right? It's just what, what you're for, I'm going to want to tear down. Uh, and I think that's, we see that very evidently on the left today. And I, and I think, again, that's one of the things that I'm walking away from this. However, I want to like, you're, you, you've been talking around CCV, uh, you know, in our policy team meetings and in so many things about division and mm-hmm. about how look, you know, it's one of the reasons why, you know, 
our name is Center for Christian Virtue. When I think about Christian virtue in our name, it tells me it's not just important about what we stand for, it's how we stand for it matters yeah. too. Um, and uh, th- that... I'm seeing that that same spirit of division. We we have seen it. It's, it's not going to surprise people, but I, I'm I'm seeing it very evidently on the right too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and there was a really good example of this this week. And and if you don't mind, and, and I know I, I'm going to ask you, don't completely check out here on me because it, it has to do with football and the NFL. <laughs> and I know I know how tiresome that is to you, but I I, I just you know. If, if I was still a writer, uh, you know, I, I used to write op-eds and uh, opinion pieces all the time, and I, you know, we just kind of run out of time now. Got to keep you in line. Um, but uh, if I was, still, I, I'd write a, an editorial on this, but I don't have the time, and I can just rant on it on the narrative with you. Um, but did, did did you see the news about the Las Vegas Raiders coach John Gruden? Did you see this at all? I did any, not. Okay, see, of course not. All right, so uh, for for those of you who don't. Uh, <laughs> who don't live under a rock. Literally, it was the biggest <laughs> news ever. Um, John Gruden uh, was coach of the Las, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he'd coached, uh, you know, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Bucks back in the early 2000s, had been uh, on ESPN, uh, one of the co- commentators on Monday Night Football for a number of years. Big big deal guy, big deal coach. Uh, he was fired uh, pretty quickly this week um, because uh, some emails leaked out um, and you know, the, the nature of how they were leaked is very clear. Somebody was trying to pick a bone with him that these came into public, but for whatever reason, they are public, uh, of him saying some, uh, very racist, uh, and very, uh, harsh things against, uh, gay people, um, using, you know, gay slurs and ab- about the NFL commissioner, um, you know, he at one point he called. He said that uh, Demaris Smith, Demaris Smith, um, the uh, the black head of the uh, NFL Players Union, uh, he said that he had Michelin tire lips um, in in an email uh, in 2011, uh, and uh, you know he Gruden apologized, all this kind of stuff, but you know he got fired, and. You know, the thing that's frustrated me the most about all of this is, you know, as soon as it happened, predictably, you know, obviously the media, oh, he's got to go and he goes. But then I start seeing people on the right, you know, making this the hill to die on to try to point out the left's hypocrisy. And, you know, they were saying, oh, you know, John Gruden gets fired for what he put in a private email. In 2011, that you know there was there was apparently like uh, topless photos of Washington uh, Redskins cheerleaders that he was sending around to people, um, like oh he gets fired for what he put in private emails back in 2011, um, but you know this guy this this NFL player uh, is you know sexually assaulted women and he's still playing and this guy beat his kids and he's still playing and this guy did, but it's because John Gruden had some conservative ideas that he'd expressed in emails. You know, he was, he was criticizing players for kneeling during the national anthem, all this kind of stuff. Oh, that, that Gruden's out because he, this is all political and right. And you know, it, it's one of those times, David, where I, I just got to say like, guys, we don't, we don't need to win every battle against the left. Everything is not a, everything is not a, a, put points on the board. Yeah. John Gruden said something that was racist. John Gruden, 
you know, it, and, and, and he's not a, this is not, my, my wife and I were talking about this last night. This is not the, the situation of some random flight attendant who tweets something racially insensitive as she, you know, leaves a, an African nation um, or an Asian nation and tweets it out and it goes viral. And when she lands, the, the airline fires her. She, you know, she, she's just a flight attendant. Nobody, this is a guy that's in a very public position right. that has the, the rare opportunity to make millions of dollars doing something that's entertainment worthy. And in a league that says they stand for something, he he should be fired. Right, it's a good thing. And and we as we as Christians especially, we get. I'm just sick of us getting wrapped up in this game of well, we we have to make a point on this one. We can't just let the left run roughshod. This is gonna you know this is gonna make it. No, actually. It's not any of that. We we already won the game. Christ right. is on the throne. Christ is what we don't have to. This John Gruden said something bad. We might disagree about all this other stuff, and we could be right about all this other stuff. But John Gruden should go. And when we start to try to win every battle, we actually I think we hurt our political case. But I think more important, we hurt our witness. Yeah. This this morning I was listening to conservative radio, and I and I listen to conservative talk radio, and it gets on my nerves half the time. And I listen to. NPR and that gets on my nerves three quarters of the liberal time. Liberal talk radio. Yeah. Yeah, just to be honest with what NPR is. But yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. not public radio. Right, That's, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, um, but but the Lord spoke to me. It's not just enough to be true. We have to be wise in the body of Christ. And I and when I when I look at the politicized conservative movement and, and the church, you know, the wing of the, it, it's like you know we justify saying stupid things in very stupid ways because it's true, right? And the truth will win an argument, but if it's not wise, it will destroy a relationship even though it was true. And and that's what that's the hypocrisy that I'm seeing amongst the conservatives. Cause again, you you, you said it, you know, you gotta play this thing both ways. Yep. Right. It's it's very hypocritical to the next generation. And again, that's what I'm that we have no legacy. There's no legacy in my family. There's no legacy in a church. Um, if we lose the next generation. And this is what they are seeing. That it, Daniel chapter 7, um, 25, just real quick. And, and I know, you know, we, we probably shouldn't, you know, go all into the scriptures this whole time. But, but you no asked me place what, to provoked, be. what got provoked in me. And, and it's it the word, right? I'm seeing what the enemy's doing. Uh, and it says, um, and he, um, speaking of the enemy, shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand. The enemy um, shall be, the people of God will be given into the enemy's hand until a time and times dividing of times. Um, just the, 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 the thought that the enemy will destroy the body of Christ, just wearing them down. Wearing them down. The next generation is being worn down by the enemy and by the saints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Through foolishness yeah. in the name of truth, but just unwise. I was I was uh, on a call with um with uh, a minister and and some folks from his church, and I could tell who was speaking into his ear. I could tell you the commentators. Uh, I can tell you all of them, and I was right. Two out of the three, I guessed. And I and 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 I and I kind of baited him into something by talking about systemic racism, and uh, he wouldn't let me finish. And uh, and I said, you know, systemic racism, just that and the other thing. And I told him about 
uh, you know, Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger and, you know, <laughs> eugenists that they were. And, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, that's just terrible. They what they did. And I said, they created a system. Right. Against a group of people. And uh, and and I said, and so in some ways, there are certain aspects of certain systems that are run by men who have corrupt hearts. Right. That we still need to be concerned about in 2021. But before I said, however, he went off on a tirade, completely cut me off. When I agree with his standpoint, I just don't agree with his messaging. And this is what's happening today. And young people are seeing it. And I'm just I'm talking about college students. They're seeing it and they're tired of it. And when they hear truth spoken wisely, and in my case, you know, from the word of God, is something that's drawing them. It's drawing them. I feel like it will draw them more even than the demonic stuff that they're hearing, the Marxist stuff that they're hearing, uh, and the socialist stuff that they're hearing from culture. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and again, I, I think with, 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 with this place we're in right now politically, and, and I think one of the things that, again, I want to talk to our spiritual, and then I want to, I want to bring it down to the real practical kind of realities of what communism and Marxism is doing in, in the country today. I think from, from a spiritual standpoint, um, you know, we, we have to, we have to not look at every situation as a, as a tit for tat, mm. right? I mean, it is, you know, that's, I, I, you, you talk, you talk about, I think you used a big word that right there is, is wisdom, right? Um, when, when you know you have the victory, um, but you're, you're, we're, we're called to what we're told is a battle. You have to be able to, you have to be wise about what are the, what are the fights that we're called to and what we're not. And I think, I think today, especially with, with sort of the 24 hour news cycle and, and, and social media and all these types of things, it's literally a moment by moment picking which battle you're, you're jumping in on. Um, and, and I think when, when our focus becomes, um, trying to tilt the scales, Instead of just doing what's right, we get right. off. You know, I, I see this. I see this a lot with with people that 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 you know Christians that hate Donald Trump, where it's like, hey, I want to, I want to, let's talk about this issue, and they're like, oh, well, you're such a hypocrite. You you voted for Donald Trump, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, let's have that now. Completely different conversation, um, and <laughs> and and talk about that because everything has to come back to to him. Um, as opposed to no, let's let's look here and have this. You know, I, I, and and honestly, I think this is a, a we the the point I'm trying to make here to back to your division point. I think we even got got a, a good example of this today. You know, we earlier this morning, David, you and I got to uh, to to sit as our our colleague Nalani testified in support of right. um, a, a bill here in Ohio, Senate Bill 181, um, that was the result of a, a a Muslim girl up in the Toledo area. Who was disqualified from a, a cross country meet because she wore a hijab? Um, you know, all of us. She was a public school student. All of us should be able to recognize it is wrong to disqualify a student uh, for their free exercise of belief in athletic competitions, as long as it's not uh, endangering them or right. giving them a competitive advantage. We we would all we, we could all recognize. And it was it was a beautiful day because uh, literally uh, the 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 Muslim girl got up there and testified, and then. Uh, Howie Beagleman from the, the the Jewish Federation got up and testified. Then Nalani got up from Center for Christian Virtue. ACLU. Then the ACLU got up there and testified. Uh, and and honestly, for those of you who know me and know CCV, 
there is no organization that I am am more uh, opposed to in many ways than the ACLU. Uh, basically, everything we do here, uh, the ACLU is trying to sterilize kids and advocate to, to for babies to die and uh, you know in abortion and and all these ter- like I cannot stand the ACLU. I was celebrating and really happy to be up there to to, to find something that we could work together on, um, and because as much as I care about these issues, I care about souls the most. And I think when we lose track of that, we get off. Yeah, and and that that's real touching, Aaron. But I did take a picture to use it against you one day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely snapped that picture. Me, me, me laughing, <laughs> yucking it up with the ACLU. Yeah, this man is in cahoots with the ACLU, y'all. That's right. Come that's get right. it. Go get it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, um, you know, it, it was it was amazing to see everybody come together around those things, and and the whole vibe of the room was different than what we normally see in, in those. Right in those rooms as well. Um, spiritually, for me, um, I think when, when we talk about socialism and Marxism, um, I think in, in one of the discussions, I was, I was talking about Jay-Z um, in that I, I listened to so many messages that were straight up socialists, that were straight up Marxists. Um, I didn't hear that, though. I heard a spiritual undertone. Even then, when I was young, I heard a demonic undertone, like when Jesus said, why don't you hear my voice? I heard the voice of my father, even when I was acting crazy, right? Because I was his sheep. I just wasn't following him. Um, I feel like down at the state house, I hear that too. And, And again, we talk to a lot of conservatives down there, but I'm not always hearing the voice of my father. Um, I, as much as I can't stand Marxism, as much as I can't stand socialism, and I would never stand with the concepts of Marx and Freud and Nietzsche and those guys, sometimes when my conservative brothers and sisters are talking, I can't vibe with that either. And and I catch it on both ways. And I know we probably have listeners that have read some of my Facebook posts like, you know, well, that you sound like the other side, right? No, no, I'm with you. I'm a conservative. I'm with you. on, But my messaging cannot sound like that of my enemy. Um, and, and, and this is kind of what, this is kind of what's got me alerted to the, the demonic move uh, against the believer's opportunity to hear truth. Yeah. And, and again, I think, so, so when we're talking, I think where this connects back to, to, to communism and why I wanted to start with, um, you know, what, what I'm really walking away from this conversation is, is communism is an anti-culture. Uh, it has a, a spirit that that kind of, it, it at its core is just to destroy things that are. You know what I mean? That's again, you you read about Paul Kangor talked about you know Karl Marx's upbringing, and you know somebody who was a Christian then went to university and became rabidly uh, opposed. You know Nietzsche's journey is not too different. Uh, a lot of these guys thinking is 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 they they went down this path. And they, you know, <laughs> Satan inspired in them a worldview to just tear down. Yeah, but not just tear down, right? Tear down by taking over first. Tear down by taking right. over and and creating division. Right. And and that's that to me when we're talking about when I'm when I'm thinking about how do we push back? And this is kind of a good place to segue into what do we do about this? When when the when our strategy of pushing back is using their tools of division. 
we're gonna fail. That's right, because God can't be in it. Yeah. Listen, I you know, just thinking of of these interviews, you know, talking to Gonzalez, you know, as you know, what happened in Cuba, um, you know, all of the major areas of influence, uh, government, family, um, arts and entertainment. Um, education, all these different areas, in my opinion, are run by the far left. All, all of them, right? Um, e- even some of our churches, the church is is kind of getting more and more run by the far left. How in the world do you stop a train like that without the influence of God? And and we can't ask God. It's kind of like I always say about the pronoun, pronouns. You know, pastors ask me, should we use pronouns? You know, how in the world are, are we going to, you know, promote a lie in the name of truth, right? Right. It's kind of like you know we can't use division in the name of being you know a biblical worldview. And well, in the end, it's it's like the ends the means justify the ends or whatever. And you know, in the end, we're going to win, and that's going to be great for God and raising up the next generation and religious freedom. But but no, I think the means are important as well because it's it's the means that we need God's hand in. To allow us to win those battles. So, David, I want to, I want to, I want to push on you for a second because I want to talk about because I, I think this is an important it's conversation, pushing, right? Exactly. Always. Right? <laughs> but, but because and I have thoughts on this too. Someone, a, a, a brother or sister, could could rightly push back when we talk about division um, of Christ saying, you know, he he did not come to unite, but came to divide. Right. You know, he came with a sword. That's right. Divide, you know, mother against daughter-in-law and all all those types of things. How do you, when you, how do you square Christ saying that with, with the concern you have about division? What, what is, what is the, what is a biblical view of division? Well, where the wheat and tear grows up together, right? And in the end, they shall be divided. Right. Just like I just said, I'm talking about the body of Christ. I can't talk about what all conservatives do. I can't talk about what all black people do. My perspective is if we're going to win this, it's going to be the body of Christ being one, being unified. So unity is talking about the body. We're not supposed to be unified with everything. Right. That's the problem that the world, the young people in the world right now, that's what they're hearing with this whole don't judge me. Right. You know, in order to be unified with everybody on the planet, I can't judge sin for sin. I can't see behavior as negative or positive. I just have to affirm everybody's whatever and their reality so that we can be unified and nobody would have contention. That's not. No. When you see somebody caught in sin, (laughs) restore such a one gently. Right. And be careful that you yourself is not also tempted to sin. Right. And so this this whole thing where we can't talk about anything being wrong because we don't want to push anybody away. No, no, no. Unity. We're talking about the body. Right. Yeah. The body should be unified. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, and I think I think that's right on. And I think, again, I hear a lot of folks use this this section um, when, when Christ said this inappropriately. And I think, one, it's really important, the context in which he said that, which he was talking about uh, faith in you know believing in God essentially yeah. uh, and that is that is the most divisive thing yeah. we can have you either do or you don't um, and you know the, the the stakes are the highest stakes there could ever be and so we need to be very clear about that um, and 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 so so when, when I hear 
uh, Christ talk about that division, I think that's very different than the division that we're identifying that, that I think a lot of times, you know, uh, I think a lot of Christians, uh, we, we love the, 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 the Jesus flipping the tables. Yeah. Um, but we're missing why he was flipping the tables. <laughs> and I, 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 like, I just want to ask sometimes, is this issue table flipping worthy? Right. Um, and not every John Gruden saying something really racist and not being allowed to make multi millions of dollars anymore on top of the millions of dollars he's already made coaching an NFL football team is not table flipping worthy for us, you know. Um, and 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 it 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 creates um, it, it harms our bigger costs. Um, well, I want to just continue to sort of wind us down here, thinking about where, where do we go from here? Um, I, I, I want to say one thing in particular. One of the other things from both the Truman book uh, that, that really jumped out, but also this this was a little bit in the uh, definitely in the Gonzalez interview and in the Tim Paget conversation as well. Um, uh, of you know, Truman uses this term in in. Uh, uh, in the rise and triumph. Um, but I think it's when I think about how do we practically push back against communism and Marxism today, Truman uses the word, the, the phrase social imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what, what he, you know, he uses it a lot in the, the, the context of what the, the, the left has done, which is they, they, they captured the social imagination and they, they kind of, reframed what people think is is possible you know so so now they have made it so that a six-year-old boy can think it's possible to be a girl Mm. right um they they've they've uh made it possible to think that we should defund the police right they've 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 they do such a great job of reframing the debate and making things seem possible that we're not again like uh, uh Ten years ago, if somebody would have told us that we were de- going to be debating whether boys should be in girls' sports, I, I, I think about it. You know, I've been working in public policy for over a decade now, and if somebody, when I was in Arizona doing this work, if somebody would have come to us and say, "Hey, you need to run a boy bill to say boys can't play in girls' sports," or "Hey, you need to run a bill yeah. to say you can't sterilize kids with cross-sex hormones," we'd say that's what, that's a waste of time. Who's doing that? Why would we do that? So the, the the left has done such a great job of take of capturing the social imagination. And I think for us, um, and it's one of the things I think we're trying to do with the backpack bill, um, is is we need to cast a better and uh, a, a more beautiful vision for the future. Um, and and I, I know that's one of those things that sounds really abstract and really flowery and really nice, but this this is why I come back to you know we changed our name from Citizens for Community Values to Center for Christian Virtue. We need like we're not just about better laws. You know, we're, we're about a, a, a hope and a future in Jesus Christ. And if we want to overcome this anti-culture of communism, Marxism, we have to present a better vision for the future. Yeah. And, and a better vision of who Christ is. Yeah. Right. And, and I feel like, again, that, that kind of gets back to what we are talking about with using their tactics. I mean, the devil's using... A, a, a lot of um, you know creativity. He has no creativity. All he can do is twist what God is doing, right? And and so because they want to destroy the family, they have to kind of take over. Uh, they want to destroy 
righteous education. So they had to come in and take over public education and, and develop the worldview of such young people. But I think if, if in the body, if we can get back to the place where we start preaching who he really is and and um, and that we're all made in his image and um, and, and the marriage, you know, being unity of a man and a woman and, and what that really looks like in representation, not just in description. <laughs> but when we as a family, you know, we've got the same divorce rates in the church. Sometimes we've got the same STD rates. We've got the same teen pregnancy rates. Uh, because we have the same diet so much of the time as the world, we end up demonstrating some of the same social ills and sin sicknesses of the world. And and that's what I'm talking about when I say we, we have to represent him better. All of us, myself included, um, because we're going to need his hand to turn this nation. I am encouraged. I You know, with all of this, I, I am encouraged because we cry out so often for a revival. But revival is not necessarily going to hit, you know, every 24 months, you know, on the calendar, like we have our church revivals. It's going to hit like it always does in the scriptures when all heck is broken loose to the to the extent that we begin to cry out for his help again. And I see that and I'm hearing that in pastors. I'm hearing that in marriages. Um, I'm hearing it in depressed children, including those of the LGBT uh, community. They are crying out and the solutions of man are failing them. Um, I don't know if that will happen before all of this Marxist stuff takes over. Uh, and we start talking about the fall of America, just like we talked about the fall of Rome. <laughs> but I do know that people will begin to turn to God more the more we see persecution and brokenness. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think a few, few other things that, that I wa- am walking away from this. And this is this is really practical. And and. I hope I hope for those of you who have, have kind of gone on this this journey with us through this volume, you know, one, one of the other big things is the totality of the impact of a communist worldview of, that, that it touches. There's nothing that it, does not touch. it, it, it doesn't touch, uh, you know, whether it's family structure or sexuality or or identity politics or. Uh, or you know, business, sports, every everything is politicized under the and you know that you can feel that. I, I you know I mentioned football, like you, you, it's everywhere. You know, the, even like you can't turn on TV without without being just assaulted with a, a political ideology at all times. Um, and so I that that's one of the things that with pastors uh, as I'm talking to them is, you know, you need to understand this ideology because there's nothing that's not saturated in it today. And I think for us on the policy side, I mentioned backpack bill, and we've talked about it a bunch on uh, in this volume, and we're going to continue to talk about it because we think it's so important. But I think from from a policymaker standpoint, and from a a informed voter standpoint, um, this is where I think we need to have a mindset for when we're thinking about the, the long term future of our country. We need to have a mindset of reforming institutions. Um, you know, elections, elections matter, but elections only matter if we put people in place That's who right. have the courage to do important things. Things like the SAFE Act that we're, we're working on here that, that says you can't sterilize children uh, and put them on cross-sex hormones, things like backpack pill. I think, and it's one of the, I, it was one of the things I loved about the, the, the wrap of our conversation with Arthur Millick was, you know, him and his friends at the Claremont Institute, I, I might not agree with everything that they're doing or all, you know, all, all of their their core uh, ideas over there. But what I appreciate about them, and I'm seeing this more and more, is 
people being willing to step back and, and question assumptions um, and thinking, how do we change institutions and not just how do we win this next election? How do we, you know, pass this next nice pro-gun bill or pro-life bill that's, that, that are important um, and that we should do, but we have to recognize they're not going to deal with the core problem, which, which I, I genuinely, I'm leaving this, you know, I think the core problem, obviously the core problem is godlessness um, and a, a nation that does not recognize God as the Lord uh, and hearts, more importantly, mm-hmm. that don't. But I think uh, when I when I summarize what's the the biggest problems facing our nation, it's it is communism, um, and so we need to be thinking in in terms of what's actually going to address that. Yeah, yeah. We um, you, you mentioned the Safe Act, and today we're celebrating. Uh, I think we were up to twenty three co sponsors now on the Safe Act, and um, maybe about two three weeks ago we had a bunch of representatives on, and and just kind of hearing the dialogue, it was like we were about to do the right thing, but with the wrong mindset. And I said, guys, you know, it was at the end of the call. And I said, man, I feel like we can either go into this real sheepish, like, you know, real sheepishly opposing the LGBT community or, or LGBT activism, or we could come at this courageously and boldly to protect vulnerable children from exploitation and experimentation. Right. So we have to have the right mindset going into this thing that we're going to do the right thing for the right reasons. Right. We're not just frustrating and opposing something. We're protecting people uh, from exploitation and experimentation. And, and, I, and I think so many times that's that's where kind of we, we drop the ball in the church is that we have a heart to do the right thing. But all the content and information we have makes us do the right thing the wrong way sometimes. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a great place to wrap up uh, this this volume, David. Thanks uh, again for, uh, for for riding this out with me. Thanks for all you do with CCV. Backbone of this thing, that's y'all. That's right. They, they, they have no, no doubt about that. That's for sure. Um, and uh, thanks to our, uh, our our producer Vince at Wessler Media. Uh, if uh, if you want to, you know, it's it's. I know it's hard to find talent like uh, David, but if if you're in podcast or audio production, look up Wessler Media. W e s s l e r Media. Uh, also, thanks to to Claire and Maddie on the team for their help. Uh, booking guests. Thanks to everyone who who came on. Tim Paget, Mike Gonzalez, Carl Truman, Dr. Paul Kangor, Arthur Millick. Uh, and thank you for, for listening to us. Uh, again, if you're enjoying this, be sure to, to, to leave us a rating, leave us a review, uh, like and share the, the, the posts on Facebook and Twitter, CCV Policy, uh, and on Instagram. That's, those are our handles all across the board. Uh, and, and we want to hear from you uh, on, on what our next volume should be on. Um, there's a lot of different uh, ways we can go. We've talked about maybe we do one on education. Maybe we do one on uh, on sort of the sexual revolution, uh, there, there, you know, there's there's a lot of different directions uh, we could go. A lot of different topics. If there's something else that you have in mind, we want to hear from you. Uh, but but grateful uh, for for you riding this uh, volume out with us. I hope you were as blessed and, and learned as much from it as we did. Uh, and we're looking forward to being back on the next on volume three. That's right uh, of the narrative. We'll catch you then. Mm-hmm.